eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline, as he has throughout the Celtics playoff run, national NBA writer, and of course he's all over the Celtics as well, Gary Washburn of the Boston Globe Aggression Fourier. Gary, thanks for the time. Good morning. How are you? Hey, guys, how's it going? Uh, We're good. Um, Now that the dust has settled a little bit and the Celtics ended up losing Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals, Gary, you've had a little time to decompress, to breathe, to think about it a little bit. Do you have sort of an overall takeaway now that you've had some time to stop down to sort of put this season into context? Uh, Well... It was just a team that obviously got a gut punch early with the the suspension and dismissal of Yudoka and had to kind of run up, you know, get it together on the fly and, you know, had to deal with a a change in philosophies in terms of their, their approach. Uh, And I thought, I thought did a pretty good job until the, you know, the time really counted in the playoffs and a lot of their, you know, weaknesses that they had been good enough to play through and good enough to win with were exposed, uh, especially by Miami. And, you know, that's why only team one team wins the championship. You know, uh, Denver's going to try to do the same thing to Miami in this NBA final series. Miami's going to try to do the same thing to Denver, expose all their weaknesses, exploit them. And the Celtics just weren't quite on the same page throughout the season. And personnel-wise, they had some flaws that were never really addressed, and it cost them. So the personality flaws, it's the same kind of personality flaws that ultimately I think a lot of people looked at last year. And you would think that, you know, they would be able to identify that themselves and kind of fix it, but they didn't. So (laughs) I guess, uh, you know, I guess the question is, like, do you think they'll ever change? Well, I do think that there'll be some some harsh, hard discussions about how to improve and get to that next level, and it's going to have to take changing. Yes, I mean, you're going to have to figure this thing out. You can't be so reliant on three-pointers. 
you, you've got to learn how to score better in the paint. Um, you've got to make a, a, a full commitment to defense, you know, because this is the, the window. The championship window is right now. And the Celtics will be one of the top teams favorite to win it all next year. Um, they have a good team coming back. They have good players. Um, you know, now could they use some improvements, enhancements in certain positions? Of course they could uh, to make them, you know, even better. But I, I think they have a lot to work with, but they're going to have to change, Christian. They're going to have to become a more defensive-minded team. They're going to have to figure out how can we win when we're not shooting the three-pointer well. Why are we going through these lack of physical moments and games? Why can't we beat opponents we should beat consistently? Like, they've got to take the next step to uh, a great team. They're a good team. They were a very good team throughout the year, but they're not great. And it takes a great team pretty much to win a championship or a hot team. The Heat are a hot team. You know, they're very good, but they're a hot team. The Celtics never got hot during the playoffs. They weren't playing their best basketball when it counted. Gary, that gets to the the team building that obviously Brad Stevens will engage in. And I saw a big old Twitter string yesterday of somebody breaking down just how slippery a slope it is to give Jalen Brown the Supermax contract because it could push you into a different layer of the luxury tax where it's $7 of tax potentially for every dollar that you spend. We, we saw what the Golden State Warriors did. They flipped part of the franchise and welcomed more people into the ownership group with a $276 million tax bill. So how much of that is going to come into play in terms of deciding who really is going to be here long-term? Is there enough financial wherewithal to have two Supermax players and add pieces that you need around those two Supermax guys? Well, you're going to have to spend to win in this league. I mean, look at the Warriors. I mean, the Warriors spend a lot of money. Um, You know, and you look at the salaries around the NBA – you know, Kyle Lowry makes $30 million a year. I mean, could you imagine him playing in Boston at that salary and the criticism that he would get from just coming off the bench and making $30 million? Like, you know, this is a league where the players are getting paid. The league is flourishing. Um, the league is doing as best as it ever have, you know, ever has. And, you know, now you're going to have a new TV contract coming up to where there's going to be streaming, they're going to be Amazon, Apple TV, all these new interested parties and showing NBA games. So the league's going to get richer, right? So the Celtics and all the franchises who want to be successful are going to have to come out of the pocket. And, you know, the question is, does this ownership group really want to come out of the pocket, be these kind of repeat tax uh, payers? And, yeah, and, 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 it's going to, and it's going to be expensive. You know, let's just, there's no – question about it but that's what happens when you draft two guys in back-to-back years who all both make it all nba that's why you know players get traded that's why you know all this player movement in the league because these guys can become expensive especially when you're not winning championships that's why i think if you get a title or two out of this it makes it worth it for the ownership group when you keep losing in the easter conference finals it gets frustrating. Um, so I think, yeah, they're going to have to figure out what to do with Jalen. I think they'll bring him back, and they're going to have to get creative. And then it's also relying on player development. 
you know, bringing up your own guys, taking advantage when, 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 of the salary structure when younger players don't make as much money and then they flourish. So you got to, you know, cultivate guys like J.D. Davidson. You, you should have tried to cultivate Peyton Pritchard. You should have uh, cultivated the guys that don't make a lot of money to where they can play major roles on your team because you can't win – and this is not, you know, Major League Baseball. You can't win loading your team with free agents anymore. The, the NBA is trying to prevent that. They're trying to make it uh, add parity to where the Charlottes and the Memphises and the Indianas can compete with the L.A.s and the Miamis and the Denvers and, and the teams, and the big market teams, the Knicks. So it's going to be it's – tr- it's a tricky situation for the Celtics as it is for other teams – the Warriors have decided to dive in and pay. They want to win. Is do this? Do the Celtics have that much commitment to winning to where they're going to have to pay seven, eight dollars on the dollar to add additional players when they're over the tax? Ooh, man, I don't know, Gary. That's we were doing the math on that seven dollars for every dollar, and it's. I don't know if Wick wants to write that check. I mean, I mean, I know he talked, in, you know, earlier in the year about like, you know, they're all in, they're committed, and that's what you want to hear an owner say. But man, you really, what did the number come to, Gresh? Like two hundred, something like it was two seventy six for Golden State this yeah. year. And what? And, and Nick came in with the number for the Celtics. It was like, oh no, 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 that was the Golden State number oh, that I okay. referenced. Yeah, but but to Gary's point, and Gary makes a good one. When you're winning championships, it's easy to do that. And then it's, oh, are we going to hold it together? Well, let's go sell 5% of the franchise, and we could find a way to bring in that $300 million and pay the tax bill. Whereas, as Gary mentioned, if you're in the Eastern Conference Finals and you got to make that call, fans will scream, spend, spend. All of a sudden, you've whizzed away, what, four or $500 million in tax and have nothing to show for it, man. Yeah. So Gary, I feel like it's obviously going to be a very, you know, fun, interesting off season. And just want to touch on something that you said a little bit earlier, as far as just things that need to change. And, you know, it, it seems like there, if you keep the team together, like you're really almost like, you know, internally, you know, trying to change these guys, which I think is hard. I feel like the whole atmosphere in the group of five, call it group of uh, seven, whatever you want to call it, like the main guys that play the majority of, of minutes in the postseason, I feel like that's stale. Like I feel like that there needs to be like a new blood. At some point in time, I don't know who the players are because it's like the whole running it back mentality, even though if you have new assistant coaches, feels like you're just you know, chasing your tail. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, either you feel like you're chasing your tail or you're going to make the improvements and these guys are going to, like you said, improve internally enough to where you can just finally break down the door. Yeah. yeah if, you really, if you really believe that the core can improve more next year to break the door down, then you run it back. If not, you make tweaks and, and you got to figure out what to do, guys. Like, you can't rely so much on the three-pointer. The team was 16 for, what was it, 77 from the three-point line in the final two games of the Miami series. And they couldn't hit the three, but they can't score in the paint. Miami, the one thing that what happens in the playoffs is that your weaknesses get exposed. And the things that you, you know, got away with during the regular season, you don't in the playoffs. Teams have a chance to scout you for seven games. They have a chance to look at you on, t- on film and figure out, 
okay, this is what they do and what they can't do. So the Celtics had to figure out how to score easier baskets. That makes their offense go. They have to have a more defensive mindset. They have to have someone, in my opinion, who can get into the paint, not Jason and Jalen, a point guard who can get into the paint and, you know, get to the rim, hit a floater, like, you know, you would, you would say like a Chris Paul type, a guy who can play the pick and roll, who can shoot for mid-range, who can give them more of a, of a presence in the, beyond the three-point line, who can make it easier for Jason and Jalen. It's to the point now where you, you don't want Jalen being a playmaker. Okay, that hasn't worked. Jason can be a playmaker, but you also want to get him, make it easier for him. So you need to add someone that makes life easier for them. The question is, do they think the Marcus Smart, Malcolm Brogdon combination make things easier? Uh, the point guard position is still an issue. And it's not that Marcus is a bad player. Marcus can maybe adjust positions, come off the bench, do something a little different. But they need a floor general. They need someone who can say, hey, you here, you here, you here. They lost what? They almost lost game six with a fourth quarter collapse. They lost game two with a fourth quarter collapse. If they win game two, they win the series. Like, it's as simple as that. Like, the little things that they could have done to win the series, they lost in seven. And they were a better team for games, you know, four, five, and six. And then they were pretty much better in game two besides the collapse. Game one, they allowed a 46-point third quarter and then couldn't respond again in the fourth quarter because their offense collapsed. Like, this is happening constantly. So it's time for Brad Stevens and whoever to address it because you can't keep going to the Easter Conference Final. This is going to get tired. Your, your fan base is going to get apathetic. You're going to get, oh, here we go again to the Eastern Conference Finals. Whoop-de-doo. Like, you got to break through this door now. Gary Washburn of the Boston Globe. Got a uh, prediction for the finals, Gary? I mean, I hate to – I think Denver's a better team. As I said, I thought Boston's a better team. I think Denver will learn from what Boston didn't do, and Denver should be in control of this series. But, you know, Eric Spolster is going to have some kind of funky game plan to keep Miami in this series. So I'll say Denver in six uh, because I don't think that – I think Miami, I mean, Denver's deep enough to, to win this game, series in five, but I think Miami's good enough to, to sneak a win or two, and they're going to they're gonna come out with something today, tonight to try to get game one. So should be an interesting series. Good stuff, Gary. Thanks for the time. Been great all postseason long. No, we appreciate it, and we'll catch you down the road, friend. Thank you. Hey, thanks a lot, guys.